Hey everyone! Welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. Uh, okay, so how many of you have had one of those weeks where you're just like, what was that? That's where that's where I'm at right now. Um, I'm going to give you a little snapshot of what I mean. But Friday night, I was uh, running the circuit of grocery stores here in town to try to find a turkey. Does anybody have their turkey? Good, because they're out everywhere. According to the meat man at Kroger, he said, if you find a turkey in this town, you should buy it. I was like, well, I would if I could find one. But okay, so we're, I'm leaving the store, very flustered, it's dark, and I'm trying to open up my, my trunk, and I see the lovely Hannah to Spain. And we're having one of those uh, parking lot conversations where you both don't stop what you're doing, and you're kind of just yelling across like, hey, how are you? And I'm just talking to her, and I'm yanking, yanking on this car. I'm like, God, what is wrong with my trunk? And she goes in the store, and I turn, and I'm pulling, I'm pulling, well, was not my van. And the people were inside (laughs) watching me (laughs) the whole time. So that was cool. (laughs) If you were there in the Kroger parking lot Friday night and you drive a silver Honda Odyssey, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, So that's the kind of week that we've had in our home. Other random things have happened. So while I may not be confident in a lot of things happening in my life right now, I feel really confident about the word the Lord has for us this morning. Do you see that great little segue? Wasn't it good? See what I did there? And here, I like to know kind of where we're headed with everything. So we've just wrapped up our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality uh, sermon series. And by that, I mean, we're done talking about it on Sunday mornings. (laughs) And Ray's done. He's just like, I'm there already. I'm an adult. Um, Again, Emotionally Healthy Adolescent up here still working. Uh, So while we may be done talking about that up here, uh, next week starts Advent. Can you believe it? We've already started a little We got the Christmas tree up and the snowflakes up here, so we're getting there. Uh, But today is kind of a, we refer to it maybe as like a one-off, but I would also just invite you to see that it's kind of like what happens when you start taking these tools that we learned in our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality uh, series and start actually using them, okay? Uh, So a few weeks ago, I was having a conversation with my mom and just due to the nature of the conversation, we started asking these like, you know those questions that really like poke and prod at your theology? We were asking the question, does God make people sick? And uh, does God test us? Uh, and I tend to buck up against these questions. I don't know if you can relate to that. Okay, I tend to buck up against these questions because they're really hard to explore. And I guess on one level, I'm afraid of what I might find 
when I start digging down deep into it. Because if I find that I am wrong about God, well, that necessitates change, right? That's, that's like a call to action. And also, I guess on some level, if I'm not too ashamed to admit this, I kind of already act like I have it all figured out. Not that anybody else would ever do that, but I tend to do this. Well, you know, I wouldn't X, Y, Z. So why would God? That's how I just rationalize things. As I went further into conversation with my mom, I went also further into examining why I was having such a strong reaction to those questions because she and I have different answers, okay? And I was having a hard time like hearing her answers to those questions. Uh, I started using some of my Uncle Pete tools, okay? I started naming how I was actually feeling. I was feeling upset. I was feeling like I had to like take my mom on a holy crusade and show her why I'm right and she's wrong, you know? Uh, And I was feeling a little scared at the possibility of being wrong. So as I started opening myself up to... uh, these things and exploring these questions just in my own like prayer time or throughout my day, wouldn't you know, the Holy Spirit started prodding me. Here's something I really love about the Lord. Is that if you are listening, he is talking all throughout your day. Not unlike my five and seven-year-olds <laughs> who are also talking all throughout the day. <laughs> So while I'm sitting at gymnastics, watching my kids struggle to do a backflip, buddy, you're doing great, by the way. Out of nowhere, I just, I hear the Lord ask, who is defining or what is defining your image of God? Huh? I don't know. Uh, While I'm putting laundry away, a few days later. And by the way, if you were to ever call me or my husband at any given point in a day and say, what are you doing? The answer is, we're doing laundry or we're folding laundry or we're thinking about maybe doing some laundry. That's the answer. As I'm putting laundry away, a few days later, I hear the Lord say, are you trying to just make me into an improved image of yourself? (laughs) It was a good question. I didn't want to answer it. Uh, While I was rocking Callum, my baby, to sleep, a few days later, I just hear the Lord say, you know, I am wholly other. So after about a month of these instances happening, I thought, you know, I think the Lord's trying to tell me something. (laughs) I'm pretty slow on the uptake. Um... Here's where I've landed. It's really easy to live disconnected from reality. In this day and age, echo chambers are readily accessible. In fact, it's a billion dollar industry. I am not 
against social media. Okay. I do love the Instagram. But uh, this is an example of how we can cultivate one persona without anybody ever knowing our true selves. And then as consumers of everybody else's false self, we start measuring our lives by a lie. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Since we're doing this day in, day out, day in, day out, you know that it is affecting the way we relate to God as well. So, going to tell an embarrassing story. I feel like I can embarrass myself up here. It's fine. It's not that embarrassing. It's not one of my proudest moments, but it like beautifully illustrates my point. Chef's kiss. Okay. Beautifully illustrates my point. I'm sure that Adam probably doesn't even remember that we had this conversation, which now I'm bringing it back up. He's not here. It's fine. Uh, A few years ago, I was talking to Adam. This was like pre-COVID even. And I said, you know what, I've been reading a lot in the Gospels, and it just seems like to me, I mean, doesn't Jesus just seem a little cranky? And he was like, no. No, no, I've never experienced Jesus to be cranky. And I was like, huh. Okay, (laughs) and as I went throughout the rest of my days mulling over this really like silly thing that I had said to my pastor, I realized who the cranky person was. It was Adam. (laughs) It was Adam. Clearly it was myself. It was myself. And now that I have the gift of hindsight, uh, I can look back on that season of my life and, and see that I was meeting most people and situations with mild to severe levels of crankiness. And I was imaging Jesus that way as well. So this morning I wanna talk about knowing God as he is not how we imagine him to be. And I'm not saying imaginations are bad, okay? I think they're actually incredibly useful. I think they're a gift from the Lord. But uh, we tend to forget that we are made in God's image. God is not made in ours. So that's where we're gonna go this morning. And I guess to start off, we need to ask, like, what does it mean to be made in God's image? Uh, Let's pull up, we're going to go all the way back. Genesis 1, please. Pull up verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Okay, you can uh, put it away for now. We'll come back to 28 here in a minute. Uh, I was listening to a lecture by... N.T. Wright on this topic. And he so explained this like so well that I'm not even gonna try to like reinvent the wheel here, if that's okay. Um, here's what he said. Uh, in most temples in the ancient world, there would be inside carved, usually out of you know some type of materials, an image of the god or goddess that that temple was dedicated to. 
so that worshipers, when they came in, would just maybe have like an idea of who it was that they were worshiping. So if we apply that knowledge to the Genesis account or the creation accounts in Genesis, creation as a whole is the temple of the Lord and we are placed inside to be image bearers of his likeness. I think that's such a beautiful metaphor. N.T. Wright takes it a step further. Have you ever seen those like mirrors? Like if you're driving on a real scary twisty road and there's a mirror there to show you like if somebody else is coming around the corner. Okay, so like an angled mirror. We as image bearers are like angled mirrors. We are reflecting worship from creation to the Father. And from the Father to creation, we are reflecting his loving care and his kindness. Here's what the Lord really highlighted to me about this. Unlike a carved image or a statue or a photograph, God chooses his image bearers to be breathing, walking around, singing, dancing, relational, living people. God is always, always found where there is life. Secondly, though, uh, being made in the image of God comes with uh, a command. Let's pull up Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. The scurrying animals are my, the ones I'm most scared of, by the way. <laughs> Every time I read that, I'm like, oh, it's a mouse. Um, okay. <laughs> What's the command here? It's to work the earth, to rule over it, to grow food, to grow babies, to live, to create, to multiply. God defined those things through himself as good And also instead of hoarding the right to just rule it all, which would have meant he could have kept us in line, he chose uh, for his image bearers to participate with him. That is our task as well. Which leads me to my next question. What happens when image bearers begin to act counter to the image they were created in. Mm. Mm -hmm. Much of Genesis is dedicated to the story of just how determined humans were on sin, on wanting to live life on their own terms, of forgetting God. I remember being taught these stories as a kid in Sunday school and thinking, like, why did God even bother Why did he keep on? Uh, But we do see again, over and over in Genesis, his response is to keep engaging and keep engaging and keep engaging. So if we read further in Genesis 2, we see that God tells the man and the woman, look at all of this around you. This is all 
yours. This is all good. I've given you the command from verse 128. He said that too. If you read verse 128, you'll be able to see what I want you to do. Um, Except what? What were they not supposed to do? Yeah. Eat the fruit from this tree uh, because the fruit of this tree would cause you uh, to want to define what is good and right on your own terms, not through me. In other words, instead of God being their source of what is good, they would in fact begin to define what is good and then try to create God into that image. Does that make sense? And we see this all the time in the Old Testament. We've got a golden calf We've got a tower reaching up you know, to heaven. We've got the incorporation of uh, pagan religions into the worship of Yahweh. An idol is something that falsely stands in the place of God, okay? So God, uh, I, I just think here's what, where things went wrong for Israel. And here's where things continue to go wrong for us today. We are very good at confusing the idol with the image. Let's, uh, let's pull up Jeremiah 2. We're going to see again this God source, wrong source language. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, What does Jesus offer to the woman at the well in the gospels? Living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. I'll be honest. uh, I have spent my fair share of time digging those kinds of cisterns, digging those kinds of wells, Uh, the ones that we know are not going to sustain us uh, or our family. And every time one of those wells runs dry or doesn't hold water, do you know what I'm tempted to ask myself or what I actually do ask myself? Why is God testing me? How was this God's will? Here's a question I'm learning to follow that up with. And this really is directly tied to Uncle Pete, the emotionally healthy spirituality. You know, the next next question I have is, well, what if I have been wrong? That's a hard question to ask yourself. What if I have been wrong? Here's where I'd like to challenge us this morning. What if God isn't testing you What if instead he is testing your image of him? Or we could put it another way. What if he is refining our image of him? When those cisterns come up dry, when we realize that we have been like relating to, praying to, interacting with God uh, in a way that he actually is not like, we don't, here's the good news, have an irredeemable mess on our hands. 
He is faithful to meet us with the truth of himself. And what does he offer us? Living water. Uh, Heather read this morning out of Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. She did a beautiful job. Jesus is the divine image of the invisible God. Do you want to know what God is like? Maybe you're starting to think, huh, I wonder if there are ways that I have been misimaging God. Look to Jesus. It's the Sunday school answer, but it's the right one too. Uh, let's pull up John 1.18. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart and he has revealed God to us. So, where do we go from here? How do we apply this today? It's, it's a lot, right? Uh, it's a lot to grapple with. And I think, again, I think there's really an opportunity to dig into some of those tools uh, from Uncle Pete that we have learned the last several weeks uh, to really like get in touch with reality, like things as they are, not as we t- try to uh, either perceive them to be or curate them to be so that we feel better about ourselves. Uh, <laughs> you've guys, you guys have seen that meme with like a dog and he's in a burning house and he's like, this is fine. This is fine. How many of you have like actually lived that though? You don't have to raise your hands, but I know you all have. I know it. So first, first step in application. Uh, let's invite the Lord into our real, everyday, folding laundry, not Instagram life. Though if you post about folding laundry, okay. okay. And then step two of that is just say, Jesus, tell me what is true. Tell me what is true. Uh, invite the Lord to make you aware of ways that you have been misimaging him. Ask him to show you broken cisterns that you may be in the middle of digging or broken cisterns that you have already dug and you have broke your back to do it. I've just been praying this simple prayer for the past few weeks. I've just said, Jesus, show me how I have been wrong about you. And then here's what we do. Nothing. We ask the question and we don't walk away. We wait where we ask the question for the Lord to respond. We pay attention because he is talking to us like a five and seven year old all throughout the day. Uh, And I promise you, he will be faithful to show up. And when he does, it will be with the truth of himself. So there will not be something for you to decipher when you say, Jesus, how have, been wrong, how have I been wrong about you? And when he answers, you're not gonna have to be like, okay, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, he will show up in truth because he is truth. 
And lastly, uh, I just feel like I want for the Lord to restore the joy of being made in his image. Uh, For me, what that looks like is, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I was told, you're made in God's image, so don't do bad things. I could see how people might extrapolate that, you know, from from the text. Uh, But like, doesn't it go so far beyond that? It goes so far beyond that. Here's where where I think it comes down to. We cannot uh, extract ourselves and the joy of being made in God's image from also how we are relating to people around us. Because I'm an image bearer, but so are you. Who I just pointed. You're not supposed to do that when you're public speaking. Okay, sorry. We really can't exclude our relation to the world around us, to the people around us from finding joy and being made in God's image. I feel like that's probably a sermon for another day, uh, but I did just wanna throw it in there. <laughs> Maybe take that with you and think about it through the week. So uh, I'm gonna ask the band to come back up. And while they're coming back up, I've learned I need to have them come up, but then I need to still be talking. Uh, A few things. I couldn't help but think that even though Advent doesn't start until next week, this message really has threads of Advent woven through it. Uh, Because as we consider the ways we are imaging God, we consider being made in the image of God, we cannot separate it from the person of Jesus. And who are we celebrating all throughout the Christmas season? Say it with me, Sunday School Answer. Jesus, thank you. I think for me, this upcoming Advent season, I'm gonna really be meditating on that John 1.18. Reese, can you bring John 1.18 back up? Jesus, near to the Father's heart, revealing God to us. And a great starting point there is by really, really meditating on the way he came to us. Not in a show of force, but in weakness and vulnerability as a baby. I think this is an indication of the kind of kingdom that we're a part of. Okay, secondly, uh, I was just kind of praying over uh, these words uh, a few days ago, and I was reminded of the story in John 9. Jesus comes upon a blind man and he kneels down into the dirt and he spits and he makes mud. And what does he do? He puts it on the guy's eyes and he says, go wash yourself in this body of water and you'll be healed. And the guy goes and does it. And guess what? He's healed. Yeah. And I feel like the Lord was um, telling me that there is mud available for people this morning. So if um, these words have resonated with you or maybe there's something in worship that really stirred your heart, uh, if you want to be saying, Jesus, like, give me eyes to see you how you actually are, uh, that kind of healing is here available for you this morning. We'll have a ministry team after this song. They'll probably be here and you can come up and receive prayer. Okay. All right, let's stand up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, 
you can follow us on social media. Until next time.